Welcome to this week's class in Chassidus. This week we're going to be learning a beautiful Hasidic discourse. The name of the Hasidic discourse is called Alep Kudei. These are the countings. The Rebbe said this Hasidic discourse on Shabbos Parshas Kudei in Tafshin Lamid 51 years ago. And in the year Tuf Shin Nun Aleph, exactly 30 years ago, the Rebbe certified and edited this Hasidic discourse in honor of Chaf Hei Adar, which is this week as well, the birthday, the birthday of the Rebbetzin. So the Hasidic discourse, again, is based on the verse in the Parsha, the opening verse in the second Torah portion. This year it's two Vayakal to put together. So in the second Torah portion, Parsha Pekudei, it says, Eile Pekudei HaMishkan. This is the uh, counting of the Mishkan. And the verse continues, Mishkan HaEidus, the Mishkan of the testimony, Asher Pukat Alpi Moshe, that was counted, what? Through Moshe Rabbeinu. That's the verse in the Torah. So the rabbi brings down, he says it's known, the famous question, that how come it says HaMishkan once, and then right afterwards Mishkan again? Why does it say in the same verse, the twice, the word Mishkan? Also, the second question Rebbe asks, when it says, Eilep Mishkan, this is the counting in the Mishkan. So the first question, why did it say twice? The second question is, the first time it says HaMishkan, it calls it Mishkan. And the second time it says, Mishkan Eidos, it adds the word of testimony in reference to the Mishkan. So that's the second question. The third question Rebbe asks, it says that it was counted Alpi Moshe. Now, there's two Different interpretations. What, so what does that mean? What was counted according to Moshe? Was the counting the Mishkan Ha'edus, the one that says right before Al-Shar Alpi Moshe, and that's why it says <coughs> Pukah that was counted in a singular form because it's referring to only that one, the Mishkan Ha'edus. And there's an, that's one insight. The other insight is, the other understanding is, that when it says it was counted on, according to Moshe, it's referring to the Mishkan, the regular Mishkan, Mishkan Stam. Now, the simple meaning is, if it starts, Eilep Kudaya Mishkan, this is the counting of the Mishkan. So the simple meaning is that what did Moshe be in account? The general Mishkan. So then the question is, what, how do how did these two understandings go together? Was it counting the regular Mishkan or was it counting the what? The Mishkan Haedus. So the Rebbe brings from the Alta Rebbe and Lakuta Torah, and he says as follows. What is, first we have to, we're talking about the Mishkan, so we want to know why it says twice Mishkan, why it says Mishkan, why it says Mishkan Eidos, which one is Moshe Rabbeinu counting, there's obviously, there's two different insights, so we have to understand what is a Mishkan, what is the Mishkan, so we know there's the physical Mishkan, the place where Hashem dwelt in the Mishkan, the tabernacle, the Migdash, the Beis Migdash, etc., but what is the what does the Mishkan mean practically? So Mishkan means Shoichin. Shoichin means that's where the Shechina of Hashem dwelled in. As the verse says clearly, the Asuli Migdash, make to me a Migdash, Vishakhanti Besaicham, and I will dwell within it. So again, anytime it says in the Torah Mishkan, like in this case, what does Mishkan mean? The place that we made for Hashem as a Migdash or as a Mishkan. But the main, the main point of Mishkan is, comes from Shoichin, where God, Hashem dwells into this special holy place. Now, 
So if that's the case, that we're talking about the Shechina, Hashem's presence coming down into the, the Mishkan. So that's why it says Mishkan, which means Mishkan Stam, simple Mishkan. And then it says Mishkan Haedos. In other words, there's two different levels in the Shechina that comes down and rests in this world. What does that mean practically? So in Kabbalah, it's called Shechinta Tachta, the lower level of Shechina, and Shechina Allah, a higher level of Shechina. And that's why the Torah has to say Mishkan and Mishkan Eidus. It's two different levels of the Shechina. The lower level of Shechina and the higher level of Shechina. Now, so that's in terms of the Mishkan. Now, we all know that every single one of us, and we learned this in the previous Hasidic discourses, every single one of us is a Mishkan, a place for Hashem to dwell, and a Migdash, a holy place, for Hashem. And as, as it says clearly in the Torah, the Asuli Migdash, make to me a base of Migdash, v'shachanti b'soycham. It's seemingly to say v'shachanti b'soychoy, in it. But why is it p'soycham plural? Because b'soycham is referring to every single, every single Jewish person that make, could and should make himself to be a dwelling place for Hashem. So therefore, just like in the Mishkan physically, there's the Shechina Tata that comes into the, to the Mishkan, and there's the Shechina Elah, and since every person is a Mishkan or a Migdash Vashem, so therefore, when it says Mishkan in the Torah, Stam, and it says Mishkan Eidos, it's also referring to the Mishkan of the Jewish people. Now, so that, that's one insight. Let's take it a step further. Um, we know when it, it's Rashi says, when it says Mishkan Eidos. So the first it says regular Mishkan. Then it says Mishkan, the Mishkan of the Eidos. What does it mean Eidos? Testimony. Testimony for what? So Rashi says that it's Eidos. It's a testimony for every single person that, that Hashem forgave the Jewish people. In other words, so there's two different, so based on this, you have the Mishkan Sam, which is the regular place Hashem dwells, but then there's the Mishkan Eidos, representing the idea that we sinned, unfortunately, with the, with the, uh, with the eagle, with the golden calf, and then Hashem says, no, Mishkan, I'm gonna give you a Mishkan, which is, why I'm giving you a Mishkan, so it's testimony I forgave you, I'm gonna come back and dwell with you. So in other words, so based on this, Rebbe explains, when it says, Elab Kudiham Mishkan, the first Mishkan, what is it referring to? It's referring to our avoidah of learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. When we learn Torah, when we do mitzvahs, we cause Hashem, the Shekhinah, to come within us. But then when it says Mishkan Eidos, it's referring to like the idea that what? After we sinned, we did Tshuva. So the second, this Mishkan Eidos is referring to the avoidah of Tshuva, of repentance. So to be clear, Mishkan is referring to the avoid of Torah mitzvahs, the regular, regular day-to-day life of learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. And Mishkan Eidus is when we unfortunately mess up and we do, we do tshuva and we repent. So the Rebbe says he's going to connect this to what it says in the Kutta Torah from the Alter Rebbe. That Mishkan, the first Mishkan is referring to Shechina Tata, the lower level of Shechina. Which comes through doing Torah and uh, learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. And Mishkan Eidos is referring to Shechina Elah, the higher level Shechina that comes through tr- Tshuva. 
And Rabbi explains, explains Pikabala, what does that mean? Shechina Tata and Shechina Ilah. So he says, Shechina Tata is referring to, in terms of the Sphiroys, the ten Sphiroys, that's called Malchus, the lower level of Shechina, Malchus. And, and Shechina Ilah is the higher, is the level of Bina. Again, so to recap. So we have, regular Mishkan is the Avoid of Torah Mitzvahs, the regular Shechina Tata, which is Malchus. And Mishkan Eidos is the avoid of Tshuva, um, Shechina Ilah, and that's like, that's connected to the Svira Wat Abina. So based on this, Rebbe says, this is also the difference between, between we do our spiritual work of learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, and when we do Tshuva, you know, because when we do Torah and mitzvahs, that we're doing the mitzvah of who? Of Hashem, of the king. So that's Malchus. On the other hand, when we do Tshuva, that's, that's the level Wat Abina. And Rebekah goes on to say as follows. In other words, so what's the whole purpose of the Mishkan, Mishkan Eidos, was to atone for the sin of the golden calf. So seemingly, Mishkan Eidos is tshuva. Regular Mishkan is Torah mitzvahs. But since Mishkan Eidos is tshuva, and it's connected to the regular Mishkan, so therefore, even though the main purpose of the regular Mishkan, day-to-day life, is learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, Mishkan Eidos, the Avoidah of Tshuva, but you must say, the Rebbe says, that even in the regular Avoidah of Mishkan Sam, the regular Avoidah of learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, you also have in there included a component of what? Of Tshuva, of repentance. So in that case, what's the difference if you're saying that Mishkan Sam also has Shuva and Mishkan Eidus is also Shuva? So what's the difference? So he says very simple that in the Mishkan Stam, which regularly it's, tira, it's learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, it also has the component of a Shuva. It's referring to the low level of Shuva. On the other hand, Mishkan Eidus, which is all about real Shuva, because we did Shuva for the Chet Egal, that is referring to what the idea of Shuva, Shuva Ilah. Which basically, Rebbe says, that's also in line to what the Alter Rebbe says in the Kutta Torah. Because Mishkan Stam is Shechina Tata, the lower level of Shechina Malchus. And Mishka, and, 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 and Mishkan Eidos is Shechina Ilah, which is Bina. Why? And the Rebbe explains very simple. Because in Hashem's name, you have Yudke Vavke. So we know Yud is Chachma. Hey is Bina. Vav is the Midois. And Hey is Malchus. So tshuva tata, the lower level of tshuva, is referring to tashuv hey. There's two hey's in Hashem's name. So the lower level of tshuva is tashuv hey, which is the lower hey, which is the last hey, and that represents malchus. And tshuva ilah is the higher hey, which is tshuva ilah, and that represents, we know in the UK, the hey is bina. Which it's really beautiful the way it's all connected. So Chuva Tata is the second hay in Yudkevavke, which is Malchus, and Chuva Ilah, which is the first hay, and that's the idea of Bina. Now, that's in general, but we know there's 70 ways to learn Torah. There's always beautiful different insights. But the Rebbe says there's also an opinion that says that the commandment of the Asuli Migdash, you should make to be a base of Migdash, and the, the Poyal, the Hashem commanded us to bring, make the base of Mikdash, and the Bnei Yisrael gave the donations for the Mikdash. There, so there's an opinion that says that that happened before the sin of the golden calf. So if the commandment to make the Mikdash and the gifts given were before the sin of the golden calf, so it was, so 
What, how do you bring in the whole idea of tshuva? So according to the opinion that says that the Yosli Mikdash and the gifts were given after the sin of the golden calf, so it, it's everything so far that we said is in line with that. But according to the opinion that the commandment to, to make the Mikdash and the gifts, that was before we sinned with the golden calf. So how can you explain the whole idea of that, that it's, uh, that's connected to tshuva? What kind of tshuva? There was no repentance. We didn't do anything wrong. So according to that opinion, B'nai Yisrael were at a level of a tzaddik. So what's the two, based on that, what's the two levels of Mishkan and Mishkan Eidus? Because we built the whole thing around the Mishkan Eidus is Tshuva, which is the a higher level of Tshuva. And Mishkan Stam is Tshuva Datar. So the Rebbe explains that the two levels of Mishkan, which means the Mishkan Stam and Mishkan Eidus, is two levels in the service of a tzaddik. And, um, like the Rebbe brings from the Kutatari that says that what's the, what's the, uh, level of the two levels of the service of a tzaddik? So, the Mishkan Stam is referring to the avoid of doing mitzvahs, the positive commandments. In other words, when you do the 248 positive commandments, that's the first level of Mishkan. That's one level of tzaddik. You're just doing your mitzvahs. Another mitzvah, another mitzvah, another mitzvah, doing positive mitzvahs. That's the void of tzaddik, Mishkan Stam. But on the other hand, when we're fighting with ourselves not to transgress the 365 negative commandments, so L'Poyal, you don't transgress. But you're obviously, you don't do this and you don't do that. You're refraining, God forbid, from sinning. So that's the Avoidah of Mishkan Eidos, the higher level. So Mishkan Stam, according to this insight, is the Avoidah of doing the positive commandments in relation to Atzadik. And the Mishkan Eidus is the avoid of not transgressing with the negative commandments, the avoid of the Balchuva. I mean, the avoid of a tzaddik, the higher level of a tzaddik. Now, and the Rebbe says it's possible to also say that these two ideas of Mishkan in the avoid of a tzaddik also applies to our internal powers, our internal powers as well. What does that mean? So the, the, the Mishkan Stam, which we said before, is the positive commandments. That's Practically doing the mitzvahs. What does it mean in our koiches? So Mishkan Stam is the avoid of a tzaddik where he works with his heart. And Mishkan Eidos, which we said before, is, is staying away from the negative precepts. But what does that mean practically in our spiritual service? That is when we, when we, we work, we work and we're connected to Hashem with the avoid of, of moyach of intellect. So again, to, to recap, what the Rebbe is saying is, according to the opinion that the 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 commandment to make the mikdash and the and the poil we gave the gifts were, were before we sent the golden calf, so they're both talking at the level of a tzaddik. One inside it's the avoid of the mitzvahs say and the moed of the mitzvahs say. Mishkan Stam, Mishkan Eidos, and more internally, more spiritually, it's avoided with our heart, which is Mishkan Stam, and the avoided with our intellect, which is Mishkan Eidos. So the Rebbe connects this to what it says in the Kutat Torah, that what, that Mishkan is re- referring to the, um, the two levels of Mishkan, the Mitzvah say and Mitzvah say, and he connects, now the Rebbe is going to explain beautifully the connection between the positive commandments and the, um, the positive commandments and the work of the heart, and the negative commandments and the work of, of the, of the, of the intellect. Why? So the Rebbe explains, because the mitzvahs I say, the positive commandments are in, in Hashem's name, Yudke, Vavke. The positive commandments are connected to the Vavke, which is the avoid of the heart. 
because we know that the 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 midos is is um vav ke vav is the six midos and the last and the last hey is malchus so the the vav ke is the midos which is uh which is which is the emotions connected to positive commandments and the mitzvah loisa say is with the yudke which is moichin which is yud is chachma and hey is bina so again the rabbi connects this idea of the avoid of tzaddikim, mitzvah say, mitzvah loisah say, the heart with the mind, um, um, with the letters of Hashem's name, yudke, which is moichin, and vavke, which is midos. So now we see that there's two different avoiders. There's the avoider of, um, a regular, of a, of a, of a regular tzaddik, which is the lower level, which is basically working with our heart. And then there's the higher level, which is the intellect. Mitzvah say, Mitzvah Loi say, the Yudkei and the Vavkei. So now the Rebbe is going to explain this more in depth based on what it says in the Kutti Torah. And the Kutti Torah says as follows, that Hashem's name is Yudkei Vavkei. And be clear, it's a hey, but we're saying K because we don't pronounce Hashem's name. So Yudkei Vavkei. So the author brings in the Kutti Torah and he says like this, that Yudkei, which we said before, is a reference to Chachma and Bina, which is referring to the intellect. So the author says in the Torah, Yudkei, Yudkei is referring to Hanistores. It says in the Torah, Hanistores Lashem Elekeinu. The secrets, the concealment is connected to Yudkei, which is connected to the in- intellect. And Vavkei, which we said before, is, is the emotions. So the, the author says in the Torah, the Vavkei is Niglois. So now we're going into a step further. That Yudke, which is, represents Moichin, is Hanistores, which is hidden. Vavke, which represents the emotions, is the revealed part. What does that mean? And Rebbe explains. Yudke, as we said before, is Moichin, is intellect. Vavke is what is Midois. And Moichin is concealment. And Midois is revelation. And Rebbe is going to explain now more in depth. And he says like this. What's the difference between intellect and emotions from its real components? And never explains like this. Moichin, intellect is for yourself. That's intellect. Intellect is for yourself. And Rebbe is going to explain it in, in tremendous depth. Midois, emotions, is all for the other person, for someone else. And like Rebbe is going to explain now in tremendous, in tremendous depth and breadth, etc. And, and so... And there was the same thing also that just like by us, intellect is for ourselves and emotions is for someone else. The same thing also on high, on a spiritual level. That what? The midos of Hashem, the emotions of Hashem, the emotional spheroids, the purpose is for the worlds, for outside of the spheroids, which means for the worlds. And on the other hand, intellect is above the worlds. So there's another major distinction. Now, in us, intellect is for ourselves, emotions is for someone else. On high, intellect is above connecting to the world, because the world means it's outside of, of, is, uh, of the, its creation. And on the other hand, emotions is connected more to the worlds. Now, <clears throat> so because of that, generally speaking, Midois is all about revealing to somebody else. Niglois, revealing. Midois, is, Midois emotions is all about revealing. Moichin, on the other hand, is concealment from somebody else. Nistores, it's hidden. So practically, you meet somebody and you share, it's emotions. Intellect, that's still reserved. Now, to take it a step further and go a little deeper into it, Rebbe explains like this. 
This that we say that moichin, that intellect, is concealed and emotions is revealed. So what does that mean? So what is saying is that the general idea of midos, the general idea of emotions, even emotions of our heart, before you reveal it to someone else, because not every emotion you shared yet, you have plenty of stirrings in your heart, plenty of feelings in your heart. So the Rebbe says, even the emotions before you shared it, you just cooked up about something emotionally. You're excited in your heart about something passionately. Even before you shared it technically, it's also revealed. That's when it comes to emotions. So again, to emotions, the essence of emotions are for somebody else. Even before you share it, it's all about something which is for someone else. On the other hand, in the reverse, when we're dealing with intellect, even after, let's say you meditate on something, you think about something, and even after you share it with somebody else, it's still concealed. It's still concealed. Even after you shared it, it's still in your head and it's still it's still concealed. What does that mean? What does that mean practically? If you shared it, why is it concealed? Never explains like this. Because this that we say that emotions and feelings is for somebody else, it's not only about the function of shearing and when you sheared it, but the essence of emotions, the essence of the emotion is all about somebody else. And like to make us an example. Take, for example, the attribute of chesed, kindness. What is the whole idea of the midah of chesed? The midah of chesed means that you want to do something, kindness for somebody else. Again, think about chesed. What does chesed mean? Helping somebody else. That's the emotion. Now, what happens if there's no somebody else? Chesed is paralyzed. Chesed means you want to help somebody else. Not that you want to be nice. Chesed means you want to help somebody else. So if there's no somebody else, chesed it's paralyzed. It can't do its work. It doesn't. It has no purpose. Now, the Rebbe says, even though it's brought down in many places, that you can't fulfill the actual act of chesed without somebody else. However, it says that the awakening, the emotion of the feeling of wanting to give, you know, you can have a feeling to want to help, and even though no one's there. Like, for example, the Rabbi gives a famous example. It says, Avram Avinu, that Avram was the Isha Chesed. Meaning to say is, in his blood, he wanted to help somebody. He wanted to help another human being. Now, so obviously he went and helped people. We all know that when he was uh, recovering from the circumcision, so he couldn't, Hashem made it very hot, no one should come bother him, and he couldn't help somebody. So it says, Avram Avinu was in pain. Why? Because the Midah of Chesed, he could not fulfill it. He couldn't literally serve somebody. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or give so, to share a good, good, a good word. He couldn't express himself. Chesed could not be expressed. Um, in other words, but so he couldn't do it, and he was in pain from that. But the fact is, his chesed was active because he did want to help. So if if, if he was in pain, obviously he did want to help. Chesed was working. So what are we saying that chesed is only if you can really. Uh, uh, actualize it. And Rebbe explains very simple. Because that's because there was someone out there that he could have helped. So therefore Chesed was working. He just couldn't actualize it and he was in pain because he couldn't he couldn't he couldn't actualize it. 
But what happens if there was no one, magically, there was no one in the world? That means there was no one in the world that he can go ahead and shear. He couldn't do chesed because there was no one in the world. So how would you waken up the, the, the actual of chesed? If there's no one there, he was in pain because in theory there were people out there that he could help and he wanted to help, so he couldn't help, he was in pain. But what happens if there's no one out there? Who He wants to help what? No one exists. So in other words, you need someone else, at least to exist in the world, so that chesed should be activated. But if there's no one out there that needs the chesed, how can you activate the chesed? And let's take it a step further, the Rebbe says, that the midah of chesed wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't have any purpose. Why? Because what's the midah of chesed? The midah of chesed is to be kind to somebody else. If there's no one else, the midah of chesed is useless. In other words, to take, to take it a step further, Avram was in pain. Why? Because he had no one to actually give the chesed he wanted to give to. In other words, why was he in pain? There was no one there. So you see clearly he was in pain because chesed needs to reach another person. And if chesed can't reach another person, the midah of chesed is not working. In other words, why, why was he in pain? Because there was a lack. He had the midah of chesed and he had no way, no way to make it happen. So this that he was in pain because he couldn't use the midah of chesed and make it work. So that's exactly the point. You see, he couldn't, he couldn't actualize it. Because without another person, chesed has no place. And when you cannot physically help another person, so this chesed is not complete. Now chesed is complete when it's a complete me that you have the emotion and you're able to actualize it. But if you have these dreams of doing great things and you don't do it, that's not chesed. It's a dream. Chesed's component is of two parts. You have the need and the urge and the feeling to help, and you actually help. So without the other person to receive it, chesed doesn't exist, and chesed can't be actualized. So again, so you see clearly that the whole idea, the essence of the midah of chesed is for another person. Now, so that is in terms of the emotions. So the Rebbe explained this clearly, that when it comes to the, 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 the world of midos, the world of emotions, it's all about helping the other person. It's all about the other person. You need something else to affect your chesed. Now let's take in reference to intellect. In intellect, it's just the opposite. This that we say that moichin, intellect is for yourself, it's not only in reference to um, that intellect is for yourself, but seichel, the intellect, intellect is all, it's all about you. In other words, when it comes to emotions, it's all about helping the other person. And without that, chesed was weak, as we explained before at length. But when it comes to intellect, it's all about you. And not only it's all about you, you don't need another person. When it comes to someone that's a thinker and wants to meditate and understand, you don't need another person. In other words, even when you're totally by yourself on an island, without anybody, you can sit there and meditate, 
for days, weeks, months, years on end, if you're a real intellect. Now, even though we know it's brought down in Chassidus, and it says many, many places, that when you explain your ideas to somebody else, so the intellect gets sharpened. Like, for example, the famous uh, statement in Talmud, me, Talmida Yosemi Kulon, that Rebbe said that he became smarter m- mainly from having to explain it to his students. So, the Rebbe explains that's true, but that only adds to the intellect. But the but that adds to the intellect. But the essence of intellect, you know, is just the intellectual capability of thinking and meditating and understanding is a hundred percent possible without somebody else. You Notice, even when you don't have no one to share intellectual ideas, you can meditate great things. And not only that, the Rebbe says even a step further. On the contrary, to really get to the depth of understanding of something and really comprehending it. Sometimes somebody else is actually a distraction. And therefore, it's, all, it's known that most scholars would meditate. They would go into uh, hiding, concealment. Why? Because that's where you get in touch with real intellect. And there are quotes in the Talmud. It says that the Sanhedrin, the big rabbis in the temple... From the from the from the Bedin, they would sit and they would uh, discuss and they would um, they would get delve into the the depth of the law a whole night. And Rashi says everyone did it on their own. It wasn't like they did it all together. Everyone went to so to speak in their own world and they meditated on a whole, on the whole night. Why? Because in order to get to the truth of an intellectual idea, is specifically only when you when you think about it on your own. You totally. Be able to be objective. And uh, even according to the Rambam that says that, that it was actually two, it was two partners, two rabbis together would discuss it. So the Rambam says it was a ben, it was a ben zugoy, which means someone on the same level as that person, but not everyone together, just literally two and, and two people on the same level. Now, so again, so what do we see from here? That when it comes to intellect, the essence of intellect is all about being in your own world. And the country, you don't need, you don't want someone else. Now, so what does that mean? What we what what we start off before, where it said that that moichin um, intellect anistaris, it's concealed. Why? Because it's all about what's in your what's in your depth. On the other hand, midois emotions is niglois. It's revealed because it's all about sharing with somebody else. So, in other words, what does that mean? Because since the whole purpose of emotions is to shear, so it's called revealed. Now, what happens? You have these, you have these feelings in your in your heart, and you didn't share it with anybody. So again, technically, you didn't share it. But the fact is, it's all for 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 another person. It's all that you're eventually going to share it. You can't be cooked up with something and not sharing it. It's actually very unhealthy. It's very important. If you have, you know, if you have emotions that are cooking, you got to get it out. You got to share it with someone. Obviously, in a healthy place, in a, with a healthy person, and if you need a professional, whatever it may be. But the point is, the purpose of emotions is to share, and you need a healthy outlet. You can talk to God. That's the best place to to, to get it out. Okay, so that's what emotions. On the other hand, intellect. Intellect is all about yourself. And it's really not only itself, it's it's self and not necessarily connected to somebody else. Now, so therefore, even when you share, let's say you think about something, you have an idea, even when you share it, 
So on a Kabbalistic level, even when you're sharing it, it's also considered concealment. Why? Why is it considered concealment? So the Rebbe explains like this, two reasons. One reason is, because let's say you, you have this tremendous idea, deep idea that you spent hours meditating and thinking about it. So even when you share it, it's not the same intellect, the depth, the way you thought about yourself. In other words, because the fact is, it's brought down in it says, that even when you share intellect, you don't share it raw intellect. You are excited about what you're sharing. That means it's going through the channel of emotions. You're, 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 you're bringing it into the package of emotions that, share, that through the emotions you're sharing it. Which means the essence of the intellect, that stays concealed. You spend hours, days, months, the essence stays concealed. You're sharing something through the channel of emotion that you're sharing with someone else, but the essence of what you thought about, that does not get revealed. That's point number one. Another point, Derba says, even the part that you reveal is because you decide you want to share this with somebody else. But the general intellect, even the part that you're revealing, it's really all about me. You're sharing with the other person where you're holding. In other words, like this. There's times when you share something, you want the other person to comprehend it. You want the other person to get it. A real intellect just shares his thought. He's just sharing you. He's, he's not really taking you into his world. And he's not really making sure that you get his world. He's sharing you his ideas, a thought, an abstract thought. So A, he didn't really share with you the depth of it. And B, even when he shared it, it was in his world. You don't even necessarily get it. You heard he said words and it's, he just got it out. But it's not really, he didn't really fully share it. So again, the main point I was bringing out is when it comes to emotions, midois, it's all about revelation. It's all about sharing that you, that you get what I'm feeling and you can relate to me, etc. And I can help you. That's chesed. That's emotions. Intellect is all about my world. And whether you get it, you don't get it. First of all, I'm not sharing it. And even when I do share it, I mean, it's, it's, I'm just sharing where I'm at and I'm not really making, it's not really connecting to you. Cause intellect is all about staying on, 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 on home base. Now. And here there takes it even a step further. And he says like this. Back to intellect. What do we say? Intellect is really not connected to another human being. So the Rebbe says now a step further. Not only is it not connected to someone outside of yourself, but even to the person himself, anything which is considered outside of the world of intellect, he doesn't need to share it. Think about this. Till now we're learning sharing with someone else outside of yourself. Here the Rebbe is saying a real intellect even in your own world, your hands, your feet, your emotions, intellect, if it's outside of the world of intellect, that's also not shared. Your hands and your feet and your heart doesn't know, doesn't really connect to the essence of your intellect. Your intellect does, but it doesn't really share it. And maybe it's not even possible to share it because it's so deep. Now, so let's say the person does want to share. So you have to do, just like in, when Hashem created the world, he'd use a tzimtzum, and he had to contract, and he had to conceal, the, you know, it's a power, the intellect is very powerful. So in order to share it, and the person doesn't get overloaded, whether it's outside of yourself, even yourself, anything external, the intellect, you have to conceal it, you have to contract it, and even the will to want to understand the intellect, it has to be contracted. Why? Because anything that's outside of the world of intellect, will actually confuse the intellect. Just like a person outside of intellect will confuse him, anything in your world outside of intellect will also confuse it. 
In other words, like this. Let's let's take it even a step further. Even when you understand, you meditate, you understand it, etc. Intellect and your hands, your feet, your heart, it's two different worlds. The proof is, let's say, for example, you have an idea, a deep idea, how things should happen and operate, etc. Does it, does it necessarily, do you feel that way? No. Do you behave that way? No. Because again, intellect and reality is two different worlds. They're not really connected. So even though you know, for example, what the right thing to do is, you know the right thing. It's possible you're going to do the wrong thing. Or you know you're supposed to go here and you end up going somewhere else. Why? Because intellect is in its own world and behavior is in a different world and not always they connect. <clears throat> now, the truth is, even though we do know that the fact is when you, when you meditate and you, uh, and you understand something, it could bring you to being inspired 100%. And it, it obviously in cases, it causes you to go ahead and do things. As we know, for example, the, the expression of Talmud, it says, Godal Talmud Shemavilimaisa. That Talmud is great because Talmud will cause you to go do the action. So you see that intellect does have an impact on the world of action. You know, so the verb explains like this. It's not because that the intellect is there to affect you emotionally, that you should feel a certain way, or you should behave a certain way. Because then there would be a connection. It doesn't work that way. The way intellect has an impact on the way you feel and the way you behave, it's not in a way where it gets involved and gets enclosed and actually cheers. But he expl- the Rebbe explains differently. It's because intellect is like when you put on a big light. When the light is shining. So the, the, when the light shines up a room, does it get involved in every single place? It fights with it? That the, it feel the light? No, the light goes on. You feel the light everywhere also. So it knows when the intellect sees it, it doesn't have to engage with the heart or with the action. When the light goes on, the light is on. The heart sees the light. The action sees and knows where to go. In other words, so we see from here that the effect that intellect has on all their attributes, the emotions and the physical activity, it's not because intellect was revealed. So based on this, Rebbe explains very simple. That when we say intellect is nistorois, is concealed, so we mean that it's concealed even from the person himself, his actions and his behavior and his emotions. I does have an impact. It's like light. The light goes on. But it's still really concealed. So the world of intellect is a concealed world. It does sometimes have an impact because the light goes on. It has an impact on our emotions, our action, but it's the world of concealment. So based on this, that we have now a deep insight of the two levels of a tzaddik, which is the positive commandments and negative commandments, the um, emotions and the intellect, um, the yudke, the vavke, and we have an in-depth analysis of what really intellect means, which is really all about self. And what emotion means, it's all about sharing. So based on this, Rebbe explains what it says in the Pasuk. Let's go back to the verse. What does the verse say? This is the counting of the Mishkan, one type of Mishkan. Which is one type of Mishkan. Mishkan Eidos, the second type of a Mishkan. Which was counted by Smosh Rabbeinu. 
So what does what Rebbe explain? So when it says, Eilab Kudiyam Mishkan, the first Mishkan, the Mishkan Stam, that's referring to the work of the heart, which is all explained before. It's all about somebody else, all about the Zulas. And because Mishk, Mishkan is referring to the heart, and this is powerful, that's why the Rebbe says, if you look at the word, the word Mishkan, what does it say? Eilab Kudiyam Mishkan, the Mishkan. So we know when you have the letter hey in a word, it's referring to hey hayadiyah, it's known. Hey means it's ha, the known. What is the first Mishkan referring to? The work of the heart. The heart is all about shearing. And that's why it says ha, hey, because it's known. You're shearing it, that's why it's known. Because the essence of the emotions is, is all about Gila revelation. Powerful. So again, ha Mishkan is referring to the emotions. And that's why it says, hey, because it's all about revealing, sharing. But then it says, Mishkan Eidos. There's a second Mishkan. What's this Mishkan Eidos? So, Mishkan Eidos, what is a testimony? Why do you have to say testimony? If you see something, do you, do you need to have a witness for it? No. If you see it, you see it. The problem is when something is concealed, you don't know. So, you bring a witness to tell you what's concealed. So, Mishkan Eidos. So what does Rebbe explain? Very simple. Edus means you need a testimony for something that's concealed. So ha, hey, Mishkan is referring to the emotions which are revealed. Mishkan Edus is referring to intellect and that's concealed. It's the avoid of the intellect and it's concealed. And Rebbe takes it a step further and he says that even in the intellect which is concealed, which is the idea of Mishkan Edus, it's concealed, and if you need the Edus, the witnesses, it's referring to not only external intellect, it's referring to the internal intellect, which is higher than having any connection with the emotions. So what does it mean, Mishkan Ha'edus? Mishkan Ha'edus means that the understanding of godliness, even the understanding of Pneumius HaMoichin, the internal Moichin, the real depth, is totally becomes one with the person that understands it. Up until the point that the essence of the person is Mishkan Eidos. What does it mean, Mishkan? Mishkan comes from the word of Shoichim, where Hashem is dwelling. In other words, what, what is dwelling? The light of Hashem is dwelling in the person. We are in the intellect. Higher from the light that goes in the Midos. In other words, Rebbe is explaining very simple. Mishkan Eidos means, Mishkan on one hand, it's Shoichin, it's coming in. Coming in where? To the Eidos, the part that's concealed. And based on this, Rebbe explains why it says, in reference to Mishkan Eidos, it says again, Asher Pukadapi Moshe, that it was counted through Moshe Rabbeinu. So why? Because, what are we referring to? Mishkan it should be shoichen, what? Ha'edos, the, the, the intellect, the concealment, that the concealment should be revealed. How can we be a vessel for this powerful light of the intellect? We just explained the intellect is so deep that it's the essence of, it's the essence of concealment. It's all about concealment. How's it being a shoichen? How's it coming in? So the Rebbe answer is very simple. That happens, Moshe, because the fact that we're connected to Moshe Rabbeinu, and every one of us have a connection to Moshe Rabbeinu, the, the Moshe of every generation. By connecting to Moshe, we can have Mishkan Eidos. We can re, we can reveal within us the Eidos, the biggest secrets of intellect in our lives. We need Moshe Rabbeinu for that. 
And but the other says obviously you, you got you can take the uh, the the, the you have to, even though this is a coin to exodus, it's powerful stuff. But what does the simple what does the simple verse mean that a pukin of Moshe counted is also going not only on Mishkan Eidus the intellect which he brings in revelation, but also Mishkan Stam, also the original Mishkan, the one for the emotions. Why? Because when a person does the avoida, which avoida of Mishkan Eidus. Which means he draws down the intellect, the concealment you and through connecting to Maishreinu. So then, even though the regular Mishkan is all about revealing, and that's easier to connect, but what happens then, since Pukat Moshe is also going, to, as we said in the beginning of the discourse, it's also going on the first regular Mishkan, that it elevates even the regular Mishkan, which is all about the shearing, but that also gets elevated to a higher level. You can connect to it on a deeper level as well. And how does that work? And they're explained very simple, like we said before, because what's the intellect? It's like light. Once the light goes on, it's all over the place. So the avoid of Mishkan Eidus is that we should draw in the concealment in our lives. We do it through Moshe Reino. Once we do that, it has an impact on, 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 on the regular Mishkan through the fact that when you bring, when you connect, when you connect to the light, the light comes and it has, and it permeates all over the place. Now, so we learned so far that there's two different avoidas. Basically, this is the avoida what of the of the of the tzaddik, because the avoida of the tzaddik we said it came at that uh, two uh, two levels of the moichen and the midos, intellect and emotions. Now, but nevertheless, Jebus says we all know that there's a tremendous power and tremendous energy of the avoida of the balchuva over the avoida of the tzaddik. So even though on one hand the tzaddik draws in tremendous light, he brings in the light of the intellect into our lives and through that into every part of our lives, through the avoid of Moshe but nevertheless, there's a tremendous power in the avoid of Abal Tshuva. Why? And the Rebbe explains like this. Because generally speaking, the avoid of a tzaddik is besaid of a hadraga. He goes one step at a time, another mitzvah, more Torah. He's in stability, consistency. That's the avoid of a tzaddik. Life is good. Life is simple. Another mitzvah, another Torah, a little more davening, more meditation, bringing in more light, light the, bringing the light of the intellect that's concealed, affecting the emotional side. Light, regular, regular, beautiful life. It's great. On the other hand, there's the avoid of the Balchuva. What's the avoid of the Balchuva? The avoid of the Balchuva is jumping. Jumping. He skips some steps in a good way. He, he, he does things off the charts. In other words, <clears throat> the avoid of the Balchuva is off the charts. Jumps very, very high. And matter of fact, based on the explains, that's why the avoid of the Balchuva is the avoid of Bina, like we explained before in the beginning of the discourse. The avoid of the Balchuva is we're in Bina. In the higher level, the higher yutke, the hey, the, the higher hey, the higher hey. In other words, this is one second. What the tzaddik also works with his intellect. He also does the, the, the intellect. The intellect, obviously, he also does the avoid of what a premium samoychen also. So the that's also connected to intellect, which is bina. So he says like this because when you differentiate between intellect and emotions. What we explained before, 
that intellect is disconnected from the person. You're like in a different world. Emotions is all connected to the person. Now, so since intellect is disconnected and emotions is connected, so therefore, moichin, intellect, which is, we're talking now about the avoid of bina, where is that specifically? That's specifically by Balchuva. Why? Because a Balchuva, somebody that goes out of his comfort zone, goes out of who he is. Intellect is deep in. Midois is connected to you. The, 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 but Sadik is connected to reality. He does, he's connected in a beautiful way. The Balchuva, on the other hand, goes off the charts. So based on this, Jabba explains, that this in the Mishkan, there's two levels in the Mishkan. There's the Mishkan Stam and there's Mishkan Eidos. In other words, what is Mishkan Stam? Mishkan Stam is the avoid of the Tzaddik, connected to the world one step at a time. But then you have Mishkan Eidos, totally disconnected. That's the avoid of the Balchuva. Why? Because the avoid of a Tzaddik, even when he works with his intellect, not that a, a tzaddik is only emotions. Even when he does intellect, that's the avoid of mishkan stam. Because his main avoid is the connected to the world, connected to reality. On the other hand, mishkan edus, mishkan edus is the avoid of the Balshuva, totally disconnected. Now, so now they're asked the question: What's if that's the case? According to this explanation, that we're saying that mishkan is referring to the avoid of the tzaddik. And the um, the Mishkan Eidus of the of the Balshuva. So, what's the connection between 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 these two and the Shapukat Alpi Moshe that was that was through Moshe Rabbeinu? And Rebbe explains very simple. In other words, what is Moshe Rabbeinu? We all know what is Moshe Rabbeinu spiritually. Moshe Rabbeinu was personified bittel humility. That's who Moshe Rabbeinu was. He was humble, and not only humble. This bitl hayesh, the physical gets humble, but you're still a somebody. But or it's bitl mitzias, you're totally nullified. Moshe Rabbeinu was bitl mitzias, totally nullified, as it says. Venachnuma, what am I? What? Nothing. Moshe Rabbeinu looked at himself. Nothing. It's all about Hashem. He was totally humbled and, you, and totally dedicated to Hashem. Now, so therefore, based on the Shabbat explains, Asher puked alpi Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu inspires what? Specifically, the avoid of Bittel, Bittel B'Metzias. Bittel B'Metzias is what? Where you totally don't exist. It's connected to Mishkan Eidos. Why? Because Mishkan Eidos is Eidos. Totally disconnected. Now, but even though Moshe Rabbeinu inspires more Mishkan Eidos, which is total humility, but nevertheless, it has an impact on Pekudiha Mishkan and the regular Mishkan as well. Why? Because when a person does tshuva, which is the avoided of tshuva, Mishkan Edis is the, the avoided of tshuva, so then even his regular Torah mitzvahs are on a higher level. So the avoid of tshuva, which is connected to Mishkan Edis, so even though that is the avoid but it impacts the Mishkan Sam, the avoid of the tzaddik, and it brings that to a higher level. Like the famous line in the Chazal that tell us, um, tshuva umaisim toivim. Repentance and good deeds. What does that mean? If you're doing tshuva, it's tshuva. Then it's if mice and toivins, it's two different two different worlds. And the answer is no, because when a person does tshuva, even the regular mitzvahs you do normally, 
become maisim, toivim, and meirim, they become good deeds that are totally lit, lit up. So the impact of tshuva has an effect on your regular life, on the regular mishkan. Now, so take it a step further. So when the avoid of tshuva, so even though the avoid of tshuva is generally we're in the avoid of moichin, but nevertheless, they have both components, as the component of tshuva in the midois, and also in the intellect, the mishkan stam and the mishkan edus. Why? And never explains like this. Because there's, there's something which is called tshuva tata, a lower level of tshuva, which is basically, as we explained before, that's when you take the lower hay, tosh of hay, the lower hay, and you're returning it back, which is an idea of, of, of malchus, um, which is referring to, um, the hay into the vav, which is, by, the, which is referring to the, with the, the midos. So the tshuva tatas, when it comes to the lower hay, which is malchus, which is, and to, to the vav, which is the idea of midos. What's tshuva ilah, the higher level of tshuva? That's the higher hay, yutke, which is the idea, tshuva ilah, which is basically bringing back the bina into the chachma, which is the avoida of the yud, the avoida of the intellect. Now, what does that mean practically? So there's two different levels of tshuva. There's tshuva tata, which is emotions, and there's tshuva ilah, which is the intellect. What does that mean practically? Nervous says this. Tshuva tata, the lower level of tshuva, is generally speaking in reference to the avoid of Torah and mitzvahs. What's, to, what's the avoid of Torah and mitzvahs? You're learning Torah and you're doing mitzvahs. Positive and negative commandments. Which is the avoid of sur meirav asay So even though it's regularly, we explained before, according to one, it's the avoid of a tzaddik, but there's a component of tshuva, tshuva to over there as well. What's the, the, the tshuva? That when you're doing tshuva, you're returning to Hashem, you're returning to Hashem and you're jumping, but it's a lower level of tshuva because the, you're, you're doing tshuva with your mitzvahs, with who you are as a human being. And therefore, because it's your existence, you're doing tshuva, it's a lower level of tshuva, it's your mitzvahs. So therefore, it goes into the category of, of, of midos, emotions, which is, which is self. On the other hand, what's tshuva ilah? That's when you're returning to the higher level. You're going back to the, 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 the Bina is going into Chachma. So it means you're going to, you're, you're going to a place where you don't exist. In other words, the highest union, even before, um, the, 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 the person, so to speak, got disconnected. So this way, what happens, a person is totally becoming one with Hashem. And when a person totally becomes one with Hashem, then that's the level of Moichin, Bina. So based on this, the Rebbe explains that you have, in Mishkan, there's two levels of tshuva. Mishkan Stam, the regular Mishkan, that's a lower level of tshuva. And Mishkan Eidos is the higher level of tshuva, which is the level what? Of tshuva ilah. Now, what, how are these two connected to the idea of Apuk and Moshe? Moshe Rabbeinu is inspiring both levels. The Rebbe explains very simple. Because what's Moshe Rabbeinu? Moshe Rabbeinu, as we said, is Vanachnuma. Moshe is bitvul Metzias, totally nullified. And that's connected to what? To the level of Tshuva Ilah, which is Mishkan Eidos. But nevertheless, even though it's officially connected to Mishkan Eidos, Tshuva Ilah, but it has an impact on Pekudah Mishkan. Why? Because when a person does the higher level of Tshuva, totally bitvul Metzias, intellect, so then even your lower level of Tshuva, of the Midas, then it's also done on a higher and a different level. So based on this, the Rebbe is now going to explain something very, very powerful. And he says like this. 
there's um, the Alter Ben Lakutatayri explains that it says Ela Pekudi Hamishkan. This is the Pekudi of a Mishkan, the counting in the Mishkan, literally counting. So the Alter says in Lakutatayri, Pekudi also comes from the word of Pekida. Pekida is connecting, or the Alter uses even a deeper word, Yichud, becoming one. So the Alter explains Ela Pekudi Hamishkan that Pekudi means connecting, becoming one. And he gives an example, a practical example, like it says in the Talmud, it says, let's say, for example, if you're, if you're, you're, you're a married person and you're going on a trip. So before you leave, so it says, you have to connect, reconnect with your wife before you're leaving. And, um, it's, it's, it's explained in the other places in reference to, um, the three Commitments that a man has to give his, 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 his wife. So it says he has to give her three things. She'era, which is food. Ksusa, which is clothing. And they also spending time together. Intimacy. Now, that, that's on a physical level. Food, clothing, and intimacy. What does it mean spiritually? So food, we know, just like food someone eats, it becomes internalized. So that's referring to a drawing down energy that the person can, can re- accept and can relate to. Panemius, something which is internalized. That's one level. Garments, what's garments? It's a lavush, it's a garment. So what is that referring to? That's referring to drawing down energy, a makif energy, a high level of, of energy, but doesn't go internalized, but it goes around the person. Oina, intimacy, that's drawing down higher from makif of a lavush. So he goes from one level to the next. As mazayin is pnimius, lavush is makif, internal, external, and, and oina is even from a much higher level. And Rebbe says, and he adds to it, that not only by, but through intimacy are you drawing down from a very, very high level, because you're drawing down the essence, um, but even when you receive it, you receive it without any garments. It's not a garment. It's no garment. So A, it's drawing down a very, very high level. And it's also receiving without any garments. And Basin Sturber explains that the famous uh, myth that people say about the religious people, they have intimacy with a sheet. And he says, it's not true. Why? Because the fact is, if there's anything in, 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 in between, you have to get divorced. Because I have to draw down the highest level. And it has to be with not with nothing in between. There has to be one hundred percent a real spiritual connection, which obviously has to be obviously a physical connection as well. Now, so based on this, Trevor asks a very very simple question. In other words, what is the author saying in the Torah? Elip kudi hamishkan. Poiket has to be connection. It has to be not only connected, it has to be yichud, totally one. And like he gives the whole example of the marriage, it has to be drawing down from the highest level without any garments and totally connecting on the deepest level. This comes in continuation with the altar we just explained before, that Mishkan Eidos is drawing down, we said, the uh, like the void of the, of the of the tzaddik, the higher level of the, the in negative precepts, the negative commandments, which is higher than coming into a vessel. And, and also, and the Pekudiyah Mishkan, the first level of Mishkan is drawing down the positive commandments which come into a vessel. So, in other words, so he, the author just explained that the negative commandments which um, uh, does not come into a vessel, or it's the positive commandments which comes into a vessel. And here he's saying is that the Kudet's Poikid, it has to be from the highest levels where it's totally unified. It's really the, it's an, it's opposite, uh, opposite, opposite ideas. 
So how do you, how do you explain the how do you explain the two? That's question number one. Rabbi asks. Next question Rabbi asked is, um, we have to understand. Rashi says something very interesting. Now the question is, why did it say twice Mishkan? So until now we explained according to Kabbalah, according to mysticism, the whole different levels of, of two different levels of Mishkan. But Rashi says, what's what's the reason why the two Mishkans? Because it's referring to the two Mishkans that Hashem took as a Mashkin, as collateral. Um, when the two temples were destroyed. And why were they destroyed? Because we sinned. So in other words, when you hear Mishkan twice, so Rashi says it's referring to Nebuch, we sinned, and the temples were destroyed, and Hashem took the Mishkan as collateral. So what are you hearing? You're hearing us sinning. On the other hand, what does it say in Lakut Torah? You know what Mishkan is? Drawing in powerful high levels. The, the, the drawing in energy from the positive commandments, the negative commandments, up until the altar says, Pekudei, Poikid, it's totally one. So one second, here we're saying it's on, from Chesedes, which is great, it's powerful levels, high levels, positive commandments, negative commandments, it's drawing down all these beautiful things. On the other hand, we're saying it's destruction, how did the two go together? So the Rebbe explains it's something very, very extremely powerful, and he says like this, that what happened through the Mishkan. Mishkan Ha'edos. In other words, that Nebuch, we sinned with the golden calf. Again, according to at least the, the opinion that this, came, that this came afterwards. We sinned for the golden calf. And Hashem said, guess what? Even though you sinned, I'm giving you the Mishkan as an atonement. So what happens? What happens like this. When we sinned, unfortunately, with the golden calf, was it a good thing or a bad thing? So it depends how you look at it. You can look at it face value. You sin with the golden calf. The people are sinning. Oh my gosh, it's terrible. Chesidah says, no, 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 no. When we are sinning for the golden calf, why did Hashem allow us to sin? You think Hashem just wants his kids to sin? He led us to sin for no reason. Because by sinning, Hashem created afterwards a tremendous gift and a tremendous gift, underlying tremendous gift, of tshuva. So in other words, the when we sin with the golden calf, so you can look at it as sinning. No, no, no. That's not the way we look at it. We look at it by sinning. Now we have an opportunity to do tshuva. And to be clear, the Ramah writes, don't sin so you should do tshuva. You shouldn't sin to begin with. But if you sin, the positive aspect is that we have the ability to do tshuva and repent. Now, so based on this, and this is again a powerful idea, that when you look at sinning, when you look at the sin of the golden calf, what do you see? You see tshuva. You see repentance. A whole different perspective. Someone does something wrong, you can scream, look what he did. No. On the contrary, this is an opportunity for growth. You read the Tzorich Going down so you can go higher. So it the same thing also as follows. Mishkan, Mishkan. What does Rashi say? That we sinned. We, the, the, the temple was destroyed twice. Hashem took the Mishkan as a mashkin, as collateral. Ah, why did we sin? Why did we the temple destroyed? So based on this, Jeremiah says, why would we sin? Why was it destroyed? So we can do tshuva. And what happens after we do tshuva? We're going to ha- get back the mashkin. We're going to get back the collateral. Not the same collateral. Even better. Even stronger. Stronger than before the destruction. In other words, like this. The power and the superiority of truth of repentance 
in, in reference to the avoid of Torah of mitzvahs, is that even after we get disconnected through sinning, we can do tshuva. Torah mitzvahs, you learn Torah, you do mitzvahs, wonderful. Tshuva is that when you mess up, you can return. How can you return? Hashem says, don't do this, and you did it. Hashem says, do it, and you didn't do it. How can you, how can you make up? Like people say, it's spilt milk. How can you get the milk back in the bottle? It's spoiled, it's dirty. And the answer is, because the gift that Hashem gave us of tshuva comes from the essence of our soul. And the gift of tshuva that comes from the essence of our soul is connected with the essence of Hashem. Not with the revealed part of Hashem. Torah and Mitzvah is the revealed part of Hashem. Our essence of our soul connects to the essence of Hashem through tshuva. Now, since the essence of our soul is also not only the essence of our soul, but it's the essence of all our attributes, intellect and emotions, so therefore when we do tshuva, which means we're bringing out the essence of our soul, the essence of all of our attributes, so then, even the Torah and the mitzvahs that we do, and how do you do Torah mitzvahs? With revealed attributes. You're learning, intellect, you're doing a mitzvah with your physical body, hands, hearts, etc. So what happens is, but when you do tshuva and you're bringing from the essence of your soul, even the Torah and the mitzvahs you do afterwards connects to the essence, which is above nature, which is connects to the infinite. And based on this, based on this, Jerry explains that's the connection between Eli Pekudi and Mishkan, where on one hand, Pekudi comes from Poiked, Yichud, oneness, and the other hand, it comes from the idea of Mishkan to drawing it down. Because when a person does tshuva, how do you do tshuva? Because unfortunately, the Mishkan was taken as collateral, so our essence of our soul got revealed. So then what happens is our Torah and mitzvahs become without any limits. Up until Pikude from the Lashna Pkida of Yichud, we totally come one with Hashem, where Yisrael, the Jewish people, and Hashem are totally one. So here you see something very powerful. The way Chassidus looks at Nebuch, someone sinning, not a Nebuch. You have now the opportunity to do tshuva. And when you do tshuva, you know what happens? You connect to the essence of Hashem. And when you connect to the essence of Hashem, you have the ability to connect to Hashem even when you're just learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. All Torah and mitzvahs itself become totally different. And Rebbe says that he'd like to add that this is what it says in the Kutai Torah, that the oneness is called Pikida. And what does the Alter Rebbe use as a reference of oneness that it's called Pikida? Based on the, the, where it says in the Torah that, um, that a person is obligated in the Talmud, the person is obligated, lifkoi da sishtoi. That means before you're going away in a journey, you have to make sure to become one with your spouse. Why do they use this, 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 this example from all the examples? And Gerber explains very simple. Because what is it referring to when you, when you're leaving? You're going on a trip. You're not going to be home for a while. So you have to connect before you leave on the trip. And so why, why is he using this example? And the Rebbe says, because he's trying to hint us as follows. Because besides the fact that Pikudei HaMishkan, that the Mishkan that Hashem took as collateral, like we said before, the tremendous Chiddush, was so that we can do tshuva, 
and after we do tshuva, what's going to happen is our, our connection is going to be much greater in a way of pikida on a much a much deeper level. But Rebbe is saying even deeper that even at this moment, when we don't have the mishkan, and when we it's taken away from us, even then there's the oneness. Not that it brings to our oneness later. Even while we're losing it, we're connected to the oneness. And like Rebbe brings, it's brought down many, many places, the famous story where it says that um, when the non-Jews went into the uh, to the temple um, to, to desecrate the temple and to conquer the temple and take it away from the Jewish people, so what does it say? So they saw that the, uh, the Kerubim, that the images on top of the ark, that they were facing one another. Now, we, the, the, the question is a very, very simple question. Because we all know that when the Jewish people behaved, the, the faces were facing one another, the Kruvim. Unfortunately, we weren't, magically it would face the other way. So the question is asked, when, when they saw the faces facing one another, which means that refers to the love of the two faces, Hashem and the Jewish people. Just like two of a, a man and a woman, they're facing each other because they're in love with each other. When the Gentiles came in to take over the temple, unfortunately, why, they, why were they able to take over the temple? Because we sinned. And therefore, they were able to destroy the temple. So if we were sinning, and that's why we were losing the temple, so why was the, why was the two Kribben facing each other? But what's the reason is? Because in the time of Gullus, when we are in exile, we are like a woman, a spouse, that the husband left her. And therefore, since we were going into Gullus, we were losing the temple, that means Hashem was leaving us, so to speak, so Hashem, who's the husband, has to be poike. He has to become one with us. And because Hashem had to become one with us because we were leaving, therefore the Kruvim were facing each other. Now, the fact is, we didn't feel it. We didn't see it. It was there. It, it was we didn't feel it. The Kruvim were there. What does that mean? That even though we didn't feel it, but in a concealed way, for sure Hashem was facing us. In a revealed way, there was a destruction. We lost the temple. But in a concealed way, the connection was there. Which basically means that through our spiritual work in Golos, in, Hashem is not revealed right now. And specifically when we do our avoidah today, the avoidah of tshuva, we return to Hashem. Whether it's on the level of the lower level of tshuva, our emotions, or the higher level, the level of intellect. So then we're going to have the Pekidah not only in a concealed way, but the says we're going to have the Pekidah when we do our Avodah in Gullus and specifically Tshuva, we'll have the Pekidah in a revealed way with the building of the third base of Migdash. And then Hashem is going to give back the Mishkan, the Mashkan, the collateral. Which collateral? The, the, the regular Mishkan, the first. Mishkan Eid is the second one. Obviously, all the different levels, like explain this discourse. With the Mitzvah Shem coming, the Bias, Mashiach, Tzitkenu, Mashiach will come, the Kareb Mamash very, very soon and very, very quick. This is obviously a powerful Hasidic discourse. It teaches us on the spiritual level, the whole idea of, of the two levels of the Mishkan. But here you have tremendous insight into intellect, the uh, intellect emotions. But I think one of the major takeaway messages over here is that when someone, Nebuch, gets disconnected, there's no disconnection. 
There's no disconnection. On the contrary, the disconnection that we look as, looks like a disconnection, whether it's within or from without, or us or somebody else, it's really all about the opportunity to connect on the deepest levels. And when we connect on the deepest levels, allows us to keep that fiery and deep connection into every action of learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, which are seemingly a lower connection. But by doing tshuva, we connect much deeper that helps us into every part of our life. So let's hope, as Deborah finished off and said, Mitchell before the next class, we'll be together in Yerushalayim, Mira Koydesh, Rabias, Mashiach, Tzitkenu, Bekara, Mamish. Have a great and blessed week.